Hey, it's Ben. This last week, we had the release of the first part of a two-parter for Heroes that is just a check-in with Varen, and it has some of the most interesting characters that I've seen in a little while, at least once I come together right away. I also am giving a shout-out to Eric Dalquist on coffee. I know, we keep on saying patrons, but there's also coffee that you can donate to the show, and Eric did. You can be like them at ko-fi.com slash way, or you can give us a recurring small donation at patreon.com slash way. Thank you, and now on to the show. a new hydro spanner, but this shopkeeper is being incredibly difficult. Every time I try to negotiate, she raises the price by five credits. I go to another shop, but this is the only one on this dust ball of a planet. No problem, Risa. I'll see about getting on their good side. Why, hello there! I'm sure you would like to sell my friend here a hydro spanner. I'd hate to see your business have a small accident. Welcome to an enticing tale from the Hydean Way. We're your host, Ben Yendel. And Risa D. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about how to differentiate your NPCs from one another. So, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, how do I make one shopkeeper sound different from the shopkeeper in the next shop over? How do I make them feel like different characters enough so that it doesn't just feel like the same person that my players are meeting over and over again? And that can be difficult and it can also be tiring uh, mm. as a GM because you're constantly having to be like 10 different people when your players get to just be one person. And I think we're going to come up with some good advice here for you guys. I certainly hope so. Yeah. My first advice is you don't have to do accents. Accents are a good, a good option. It's a good avenue. But if you are a person who doesn't like accents, you don't have to do accents per se. You don't have to be like, this one has an English accent. This one has a Southern accent, right? If you don't do accents, you don't have to do it like that. You can just have one of them speaks really out through their nose, right? One of them just sounds like this all the time, right? So that has a different sound to them, but it's not an accent. Right. See, they sound different. Uh, and they sound different from this guy down here, who's got a very different voice completely from the other guy. But again, this isn't an accent. It's just a different voice. I know some people might think that there's a fine line that what you're talking about, but that's not. It's not. It's that's a really good piece of advice. Took me a long time to realize it. Yeah, because my biggest thing was always like, I'm terrible at dialects. Just mm. awful. Just terrible. Like. Unless I'm doing American Western, which is this, what I have. Yeah. Or I can kind of do Southeastern, but only kind of. And what? only specifically where my mom's family is from. Ah, <laughs> so you have examples. Yes. And only if I've been around them for a prolonged period of time. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's like, those are my two accents. Anything other than that sounds just plain bad. So instead, yeah. I do a lot of listening to cartoons and listening to their voices. 
and I take all of those because they're in a cartoon, it's going to have very drastically different. They're going to be caricatures, right? Yes. Where I get a lot of my voices from is from Daria. <laughs> Specifically okay. Daria, the you know, the cartoon that MTV made in the yep. 90s. Absolutely. And I get a lot of my voices from there. Like I have this one and she comes out and she does things and she's really does not like the player characters very much. And so I have her. Uh, and I have this girl and she comes out and she's really irritating with all of them. And all of the players always want to make her go away. Right. So <laughs> I just always they're always like, can we make her be quiet? And I'm like, yes. But you have to placate her. <laughs> exactly. I usually make that character have um, high willpower so she can't be coerced. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> but, you know, lower presence so you can charm her, you know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can charm her. You just can't coerce her. She'll just get even more irritating sounding if you do that. <laughs> So if you listen to that kind of thing, you can start hearing those voices. Anime has a lot of those kinds of voices, too. Yeah. Just really, really out there, just over-the-top voices. And that's the best thing to bring to your table to differentiate if you want to use a voice as the thing to use. Because especially if you're like me, I can't go low down at all. Like, if I'm trying to do a male voice... I cannot lower my voice more than about here. This is about as far down as I can go. I can't, and that doesn't sound like a man. That just sounds like a woman trying to sound deeper. <laughs> that sounds like Mulan when she's in the camp and she's <laughs> trying to, yeah, that's what all these, that's what us men do. That's what I sound like when I'm trying to do a male voice. So instead, and same with like, if you have, if you have a deeper voice and you're trying to do like a high-pitched voice and you're going to that falsetto, <laughs> sometimes it'll take your players out of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. So it yes. might be a better idea to instead find a different voice for that character um, yes. instead of trying to specifically change the pitch. So instead <laughs> of trying to make all my men so like, because that's just, it's silly. It's very silly. I don't have a low voice. I cannot have a low voice. I'm a, I'm a soprano. I can't lower my voice. <laughs> so instead, I'll have, yeah, and then he was like this, and this is like my one of my dude voices, and he, but I have like the context of it being like a surfer voice. So it has like that kind of attitude onto it that I don't have to lower my voice for the context. Okay. And if you want to do something that's like, instead of raising your voice for a context, something like, adding on maybe like a valley girl type speech you don't have to like you don't have to like raise your voice if you want to do it like this because if you raise your voice at the end you kind of have like that kind of attitude onto it and you have the context of the speech so you don't have to raise your voice to put on the attitude of it being this is probably like a teenage girl even though that's a very outdated teenage girl model that's like my age teenage girl not <laughs> current yeah. teenage girls probably <laughs> Generally, teenage girls at this point sound very different from that. Yeah, but, you know, players probably are, I don't know. I don't know how old you guys are, listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe you are my age or older. I don't know. Reference points. People will get it. 
Well, and that's kind of the whole thing is with any of the accents that people are generally trying, there's two aspects to it. And you're hitting, Risa, you're hitting upon the more crucial part, which is the attitude of the character. Yeah. And that means so much more than trying to get like a Chicago or Massachusetts long A's kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas if you're trying to get a very forceful kind of character, you're you're being very upfront and very impactful, almost kind of Kirk-like in how you're talking with the pauses and the emphasis on things. It really allows for the players and everyone listening to get the overdramaticness of it. Yeah. Or cadence. Like, like, yes. Cadence has a lot to do with getting personality across more so than the actual accent itself because yeah like what you were talking about with the valley girl it's in it's almost entirely cadence and end of sentence inflection yeah if you were to do the cadence with any other sort of voice it would still sound like a stereotypical valley girl from the 90s if you're trying to do mobster and you're trying to threaten the players like if you're trying to do that coercion it's the very leading, the very menacing style of, well, you're going to do this for me, or my friend here is going to come over and have a conversation with your kneecaps yeah. kind of thing. And being very calm about doing this wretched violence to someone. Yeah. And differentiating between that. Like, in my head, I've got, like with most things on Tales, I've got the impetus of there is a session coming up for me in Heroes, and I've got two characters that I'm wanting to be very different, but they're also in the same world. One is, I'm almost going with like a underworld fixer. On the other hand, they're a Toydarian, so I'm also trying to do like, generally I'm trying to figure out a Stanley Tucci version of, (laughs) like, it sounds weird, but Stanley Tucci has a mannerism about him and i find him very fascinating i think this would be great for this toydarian that's a fixture that has seen it all it's like oh yes of course you're here you're the pros in from seleucama yes absolutely come here v said that you're going to be the best and well it's just going to be the best Yes, of course, but no, we have to have the pros from Dover come in and get, they're going to be all that. And then I've got a Orca that, or I've got a Herglick coming up, which is like the second reason why this adventure was taken. Because, hey, look, I get to do an Orca, or <laughs> get to do a Herglick. I like Herglicks. <laughs> so I've got the disinterested, like, uh, why are you here kind of character for Zon Consortium Contact, but I've been trying to figure out what to do with the Herglick for a while. And, like, they're this flamboyant gambler. They run a casino. They mentor gamblers coming up. It's like, okay, well, how is this character going to actually act? And how do I make it so that the players care about them? Yeah. And I've been Mm. trying to do it where I'm not just trying to shift my voice down to the point where I'm croaking. Yeah. It has to be something that you can keep up. Because that's the other thing, is that even if you think that a character is not going to, like, this one will stick around because he's important. But something that I've done is I've taken on a voice for a character because I didn't think that it was going to be, I thought they were just going to leave this character. And then it ended up they didn't. So I'm like, oh, cool. Now I have to keep making this voice because they keep 
coming back to this character and this voice is straining. Uh, so make sure you can keep doing a voice. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, and also that whatever voice you're getting into, you can somewhat quickly do. Yeah. It's not something you have to go, <sighs> okay, okay, let's find it. As an example, a little while ago, it came out that there is a uh, clones on Seleucami in <laughs> Heroes. And the one voice I just can't really do is clone. Oh, yeah. So here I've got this squad of clones coming up, and they're, the heroes are having to do conversations with them and all that sort of stuff. I'm just so thankful that we've got Billy in the party on account if I can keep on referring to Billy as a clanker. Because to me, Ben, the sort of watchword of the clones is clanker. Like, that's how I get into the, well, how do clones talk? Yeah. It's clanker this, clanker that. Like, And then you take a look at the skill lists and talent trees coming out from FFG, and like, there's like two or three clanker talents in it. <laughs> They don't like droids, and they call them clankers. That's what I got. Yeah. Yeah. I may not have been able to do a actual decent clone thing, but I was at least able to bring that to the table. Yeah. Sometimes, if you can't do a voice, as long as you... Whatever you do, you keep consistent. Yes. Is kind of the best thing. Also, if I had been doing it, I would have been like, yeah, these are just some, you know, these are just some uh, clones that had some issues when they were... Becoming, you know, they're growing up, basically. So now they don't talk like that. Now they sound like me. That... Too bad. <laughs> These ones went south. What can I say? Yeah. They did the bad southern accent. That happens. And if I'm doing an accent, that's generally how it initially goes. Just bad southern. That's generally how all of my accents go as well. Because that's the only accent I can do. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed of that. I'm a little ashamed of that, but I'm not super ashamed of that. <laughs> I will admit it. Except when I'm making fun of my boyfriend, and then I mimic his English accent, but only exactly what he says right back at him. Yeah, parroting makes it pretty quick. That's just mimicry. <laughs> yeah. Not the same thing as just actually being able to do it. <laughs> but that's why sometimes what you can do is if you watch things, I... I Obviously, if you guys have listened to me talk a lot, I take a lot of inspiration from watching movies and TV and stuff. Yeah. If you look around for someone who reminds you of that character, see what they do. And what is interesting is, like, you can find people and not mimic their voice, but try and, like, mimic what else about them exists. Like, how they speak. What is their pattern of speech? Like, I mean... My sister and I have the exact same pattern of speech. So even though we don't sound exactly alike, we can mimic each other very easily. Yes. So we can do that. Also, <laughs> we do also just sound a lot alike, but whatever. <laughs> True. If you can mimic someone's pattern of speech, you can kind of trick people into thinking that you're doing an accent sometimes as oh. well. That's another thing. And also, if you just have that pattern of speech down, now you have just a way of distinguishing this NPC from someone else. Exactly. Even if it just sounds like Risa, but talking in a specific way she doesn't normally talk, now that's a different person. 
the pattern of speech that's just that is just circling in my head, I don't know why, is Clint Eastwood. Because <laughs> Clint Eastwood doesn't have an accent pretty much. I mean, everyone has an accent. But uh, continue. Yeah, like okay. <laughs> Clint Eastwood has a very American style accent, yeah. generally like Western ish. Yes. On the other hand, he has a very, very, very distinctive way he talks and very distinctive cadence when he's doing a character. Yeah. Like the raspiness of the voice, the sort of almost forcing the words out, forcing the thought out is very much a Eastwood-esque thing. It's like you never get long orations from Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Or at least in any of the movies I've seen him in, I've never seen him give a monologue. Definitely. That's that's just part of him as a, like, his archetype, which is another good thing to have in mind when you're trying to plan NPCs is archetypes, right? Right. Is this the intellectual that you're dealing with? Is, you know, the, the, (laughs) is this the, the, the tired, uh, the overworked uh, retail person? Is this the, you know, who are you dealing with? Uh, Exactly. Like. The creepy research assistant. Oh, yeah. There's something I'm currently working on for the patrons that, uh, (laughs) honestly, by this point, the patrons probably have it. In fact, probably it's been released on the actual patron, Patreon, for public consumption, because I'm probably going to toss a month delay in there. Yeah. At one point in there, I do my best impression of Fester from Adam's family. (laughs) Perfect. It's like, oh, my... That gets creepy. <laughs> it's one of those things if I'm not throwing a voice and or doing anything like that. It's entirely, okay, what is Fester? Fester is a creepy uncle. Yeah. <laughs> they talk in this long, drawn-out fashion. Doing it, it's really hard not to rush it. Yeah. But it's so fun. Like, for me, in trying to distinguish the different NPCs, we haven't talked about it yet, but I know in this episode we haven't talked about it, but in previous episodes mm-hmm. I know we have. And one of the things that I know you do, Risa, is naming. Yeah. For me, it's the th- second or third thing that happens to an NPC that the players are talking to. They will get a name. Yeah. And you've got such a good way of discerning what is an NPC that we should be talking to versus an NPC that we shouldn't be. If you don't want to, if I don't want you to talk to them, their name is Ted. <laughs> Move along. This is just a Ted. <laughs> It sounds so flip, but it works. It does. It does work. You know, it's just a Ted. Move along. I I like that. Otherwise, you get you get people just. I had an issue where they just got super super into this uh, character who was a con- like a councilwoman, <laughs> and I had I had just given her a name. And they'd seen her on like a website for the for the city council, and they were like, "You know what we should do? We should go to her house." And I was like, "Oh, what? We should figure out if she knows what's up. She is the councilwoman for this this area. We should ask her." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So they went, and I had to deal with this whole thing where they figured out where she lived because computers checks went very very well. <laughs> Like, it was a very hard computers check, and she did extremely well on it. So they were able to find her house, 
And in this house, she was able to like, one of the other players was able to sneak into the house. And I was like, okay, now I have to deal with this while everyone else is talking to this woman. Oh my word. Yeah. So I had to make up this woman who now had a wife who was inside, who was a, who was a dryad. Uh, so had to come up with all of that on the fly. She was out sunning herself in the sunroom. It was great. And that's why I now name them Ted if I don't want them to talk to them. (laughs) Because otherwise, they go find Donna. Yeah. And her lovely, lovely dryad wife. Who I came up with all of that. And they were like, wow, that was really great. Uh, How much did you plan for that? It's like, that was all off the cuff. I didn't, you guys weren't supposed to do any of that. And sometimes that's the way it's going to go is players are going to be players and they're going to find something like sometimes having a shorthand of this is a red herring. This is scenery is about the best way that I can put it. Like, yes, technically that is an NPC. Let's leave them as an NPC because you can still see the marionette strings. Yeah. Though. To be fair, some of the most interesting characters I've had come up is players glomming on to, to use a hero's example, Vrebo. <laughs> like, that's... Aww. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Vrebo is a character that I I love just on account of such this sweet little innocent-ish character that... <laughs> Sweet and innocent and all that, like, such a teddy bear until they get in behind the seat of a vehicle. And then all of a sudden, wow, they're disturbing. Just, no, no, we've never actually seen Freebo fly. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing I do for characters I don't want them to talk to is I'll give them a specific voice. Mm. And this is a very, very... This one they completely get, and it doesn't. Everyone gets it. Haha, <laughs> yeah, it's this voice, because, oh, yeah, who's who's that? Who's saying that? I don't know. You know that voice? Because yeah. that's the voice that everyone knows of as, like, that's not, you're not going to talk to that person. That's not a real person. That's a straw man. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like, that is the oh. That's that voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should go ask someone over there. You know? That's not a real voice. <laughs> that's the voice for like the faceless person there's my (laughs) verbal cue for them we have talked of archetypes which is uh you're saying like the academic type or the surfer or like that sort of thing like yeah what are you gonna do in my case faster the creepy old uncle (laughs) because well that one's fun yeah you were also talking about affectations Doing voices without doing accents is a huge one, huge one for me. And that was one that you let off with that I, that is what got me doing voices on heroes is doing voices without doing accents. If anyone wants like advice on how to do that, I mean, you guys can talk to me on Twitter (laughs) and Mm. I can give like personal advice, but my first advice is try to talk through your nose. (laughs) <laughs> that's just the easiest one to do first the nasal the nasal yeah. you're just talking through your nose you're not letting any air out through your mouth all it's just it's like completely stopped that's the easiest one to do i mean there's so many shortcuts for that one yeah you've got just sort of the pinch nose egghead kind of thing which is yeah. one of the ones that keep coming to mind for me but then also you've got the somewhat classic stormtrooper slash battle droid sound yeah. coming from that. 
It's like, pinch your nose and say, Roger, Roger. Yeah. That's a battle droid. <laughs> if you just want to, like, figure out how to make voices, practice when people aren't around, and just kind of practice, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, how I did it when I was figuring. I've just been, <laughs> I've just been mimicking things on TV since as long as I can remember. So that's a good thing to do is just to mimic things. But think about where air is coming out of your mouth mm. sometimes is a good thing because depending on like where your tongue is placed in your mouth, things will come out differently. See, now that I'm trying to explain it, <laughs> it sounds weird. But doing something like this, I'm letting my tongue go closer to my teeth when I'm doing it. As opposed to when I'm doing it like this, my tongue isn't as far forward in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a difference and you just kind of have to play with it until you find something that's is easy for you to do as a person and easy for you to find and just kind of play around with things. I mean, that's kind of, it's fun. Just bring up some text to read, read out of a book if you want, and just kind of play around with how voices sound to you. And then you can decide which voices go to which type of character. That makes a huge amount of sense. Each of these characters are going to have sort of their own little personalities, even if you're coming up with them on the fly. It's like, yeah. okay, we've got a merchant that is collecting knickknacks. So, of course, because of their style, they're probably going to sound somewhat measly, but it's also they're going to be, when they latch onto something that they're talking about, they're going to talk about it really, really fast because they're not sure on how long people are going to actually be listening. So they want to get the sales pitch out like, as fast as they can. <laughs> exactly. You can start drifting into these. Yeah. I know that this is entirely just a me thing, but it might help others is, especially around heroes, I find myself closing my eyes when I'm doing a voice. If you've got block text, it helps to have essentially memorized the block text. Yeah. Generally, also, I'm practicing that for a long time ahead so that I know what it is as I'm trying to work on the voice. Yeah, definitely. If you're working from like a, an adventure or something, you can practice, which is helpful. And I recommend you practice. It can be something that really helps because as you're practicing, you can start getting into the rhythm of it like taking, say, the block text and then being able to expand upon it because the players are always going to be asking questions that aren't in the block text. Yeah. It also helps to read block text out loud anyway at home, oh, yes. even if you're not going to do it you're not going to have an accent on it because um, sometimes you're going to get caught up on things and you might want to reword things that are easier for you to say because of sentences of doom. Yeah, because I swear some of these fine people who are doing the writing of block text <laughs> don't read it out. Or everyone has different speech patterns. Yeah, I can't read things with too many S's in them. If there's too many S's in a sentence, I fall over myself because I used to have a lisp. So I just completely lose myself in my S's. <laughs> that is a big thing. Yeah. As I was saying, I've got these two characters. I've got these two established characters. They have Wook links on them. Like, they actually yeah. have pages. So I'm trying to figure out, well, how the heck do I want to say this? Like, these are semi-official kind of characters. Well, I've got to take my own touch on them. And, yeah, I'm practicing them. I'm trying to figure out what is my take on it? Because 
all of these characters that you're bringing to the table are you. A great example is if you ever want a block text slash accent style to deal with, try figuring out a paragraph of what the heck a Gand says. <laughs> it is, especially if you're just sort of free doing it, it is such a mental expander. <laughs> because you're always talking about this Gand, that Gand, this Gand, or, oh, well, Cav does this. Oh, Cav would never do that. This Gand would never have taken the captain's hairbrush. <laughs> never. I don't know where you get that idea. I ran into this on account of, I was trying to, I don't know what it is, but Cav has a thing, a rivalry or something with Zuckus. And this is a teaser on a episode of Heroes now, or a stinger, I guess is the proper term. Trying to come up with that was just wacky. <laughs> and trying to come up with, like, how does a Gand talk? For me, it was just writing it down. Like, yeah. for me, it's easier for me to type than it is for me to speak. Sometimes that can help, too. It's like, I have this character, and I, ha I have the luxury of having the time, so I can come up with a few sentences that this character can say. Definitely, if you have a character that you have planned, that you want your characters to meet in a session, and you want them to have a voice, you should specifically come up with the voice beforehand, and write down a few sentences that you know you want them to say. Mm-hmm. Like, come up with that. Even if you don't say that exactly, have that written in your notes, right? Yes. Whatever you have in front of you while you are GMing, have that written down. Something that you've practiced, even if you don't say exactly that, even if you don't read it, you can have it there to reference, which I think is always a good thing to have. But if you've practiced it a few times, your mouth will say it for you, which is very nice of it. <laughs> Muscle memory is a lovely thing. <laughs> Like, and it sounds like, oh, the, with that, yes, it does actually happen. It really does. The more you practice something, the easier it gets physically. So the more you practice doing a voice, the easier the voice will be to find physically. You can't just listen to it and think that's fine. You have to actually physically do it. This is what I tell my students all the time when, they're learn when I'm teaching them Spanish. You have to actually actively practice the accent and say the words out loud. That way your mouth helps you and remembers it for you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm teaching you guys the exact way I teach my Spanish students. <laughs> Same advice. If it works, it works. It does. Also, three is the magic number. Practicing things three times helps your brain better. I have a question for you, Risa, about dealing with what I consider the GM's nightmare. Okay. You have two NPCs talking to each other. Uh-huh. How do you deal with that? Uh, they sound different. <laughs> that's, that's how I do it. Um, or... I will explain their conversation instead of saying it, which is what I have done in the past. Sometimes it's done in the way of I had two people speaking who spoke Spanish. None of my players speak Spanish. So I just said they have a conversation in Spanish. Okay. Because I don't have to do this in front of them then. If none of them speak Spanish, for whose benefit is this if I do this in front of them? None. It is, it is just the same effect if I just tell them, they have a, a conversation in Spanish. You cannot understand it. None of your characters understand Spanish. You guys don't understand Spanish. There's no reason for me to do this then. Same thing is if like, then there's a, you know, characters in, in front of you have a conversation in an alien language you don't understand. You can just say they have a conversation in Rodian. Okay. 
you guys don't understand it, right? <laughs> you can do that. Or you can just say they have a whispered conversation or something like that where you can describe the conversation without having to actually have the conversation. I do a lot of that because it takes less time. And the less time I'm doing things, the less time my players have to get distracted is kind of how I do things. Because if I'm having a conversation with myself, my players are getting distracted. Not all the time, but sometimes <laughs> they can. Yeah. And I'd rather not. But if I do have two characters who are having a conversation, I make sure that their voices are sufficiently different. I had a centaur and a pixie having a conversation in front of my players. I, I remember specifically these two because I remember their voices. Because the centaur lady, she talked like this. Her name was Dion, and she was in charge of the theater, and she talked like this. And my players hated her, like, so much. <laughs> Whereas the other girl talked like this. She talked like this so much, and she was, like, she was, like, totally in love with the Minotaur character, and she just loved him so much, and he was just so tall. So them having a conversation together was... Dion, can can you help these people? They just came in and they really wanna they really need to ask you some questions. No, just tell them I'm busy. But they're standing right here and they can see that you're just on your phone. Well, um, I don't care. Just tell them I'm busy. Like, there's a definite difference between those two characters that it's incredibly even though you can't see me, you can tell it's two different people. And the people who were there in person, I'm like going back and forth. I'm literally looking to the right as one character and to the left as the other character. Yeah, and that also helps. Like, any sort of physicality does help. Yeah. One of the entire reasons why I got a mic boom with dealing with heroes <laughs> was because of I start doing a voice and I start doing these hand gestures and then, poof, there goes yeah. the mic. Yeah. Of course, when I was talking as Dion, I, for some reason, had my hand up pretending I had a phone as if you guys could see that. You guys can't see that, but... <laughs> it helps. It helps. Anything it is to get into the character. Exactly what I was about to say. Anything you can do that helps you get into the character, then do it. Mm-hmm. Because if that is like pretending you're on your phone to pretend to be like this theater owner who really just does not care about anyone else and she just wants her burrito, which was literally she sent them on a quest to get her a burrito. So, um, of course. That, to me, that's kind of hilarious and awesome. it was great it was fantastic they hated her so much that's kind of perfect <laughs> or if you're doing like an old lady voice and so you you bring your your shoulders all the way up to your ears to to feel like you have a hunched back that's awesome something right you have this kind yeah. of like physicality to help you and there's a reason that actors do that kind of thing is because it helps them it might make you feel silly if you catch yourself doing it but it's actually really, really helpful. It helps your brain get into it. And the more you're thinking about the character and not thinking about the world around you, the more you're going to be able to do your affectation. The more you're going to be able to focus on just doing the voice or whatever physical thing you're doing for your friends in, in person, right? I think it helps. I definitely agree. Like The entire reason why I'm usually closing my eyes when I'm trying to do voices is because I'm almost always doing this online. So there's no camera on me. I'm just talking into a mic. As long as I don't hit the mic, everything is great. I can close my eyes and then I can just... 
I can pretty much pretend that nothing's here, no one's listening, and I'm just making a funny voice for myself. Or I'm trying to get a particular character going in my head. And very few things, like, players can interact with that character, but as soon as the eyes come open, my hold on the character starts fading away. It can work that way. Like, you can't essentially ignore the self-consciousness in a lot of ways by doing that. It's getting over the self-consciousness and actually doing it. And once you start doing that sort of thing, it becomes easier because you feel less silly doing it. That's good advice. And Risa, for you, your final piece of advice? Just watch some things. Watch some exaggerated things. So watch cartoons. Like watch some Spongebob or something. That has voices. Or Adventure (laughs) Time. Yeah. Or some anime, like some dubs. Those always have crazy voices. And mimic them. Don't, like, try to be accurate. Just make sounds back at them. And then just try to make voices. Just try to make silly voices with yourself, by yourself, when no one else is around. So you don't have to feel self-conscious. Whatever comes out of that, whatever you like out of that, that's what you can use. And you can use it for anything. You can use it for talking to your cat, talking about when you drop your salad. I don't know. These are just things that happen in my life. Probably not (laughs) applicable to you guys, but maybe it is. And if you guys want advice, just you know my Twitter. (laughs) I mean, I say it at the end of every show. I should hope they listen that long. Yeah. It's really funny because even though um, I never think about how I do facial expressions and stuff with my voices. (laughs) When I was doing, um, I was streaming, I streamed Night in the Woods last year, I think. And yeah, last year. And... For all of the voices, all of the characters, I did different voices. And when I go back and I looked at some of the vods, and my I I do the I do my face for different voices too. And my (laughs) sister did it for when she was doing all the voices for Hot Duffel Boyfriend. All of the different characters, she did different facial expressions with all all of them too. It's just really funny how you can get. And after a while, you just don't realize it. Yeah, you don't. But. I mean, my sister and I come from an acting background, so I know that's part of it. Mm. So we just, everything goes to our face. (laughs) (laughs) Especially her voice like this. And every time she's doing that, she has the look on her face where she's just looking kind of far away with her eyebrows knit together. See, Risa, all it takes is knowing how to talk to a shopkeeper. Get on their level of business. Not everyone wants to have a long, drawn-out negotiation. We can get to the point really quickly and split open the best deals. I rest my new Hydra spanner over my shoulder and sigh. I'll hand it to you. Your way does work, but maybe fewer threats of explosives next time will still get the job done. Join us next time for another scintillating tale from the Hydean Way. We can be found on Twitter at the Hydean Way, and I am at Cookie Kit. And I'm at Deuterium Ice. We are all at theheideanway.com, where you can find previous episodes, links to things we talk about in the show, and our live play podcast, Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Plus, you can help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. You can drop us a holocom at tales at theheideanway.com. 
We're also on Facebook as Tales from the Hydean Way. If you like what we do and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the Way. Or you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash the Way.